Jewess, a Jewish woman, patriot, a proud American-born woman who is honored to be a part of the greatest country in the world today. My name is Cindy Gross, and you are joining me to share insights and analysis on today's rapidly shifting world. I welcome you to the Jewess Patriot Show. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. Remember, you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy to be a part of the show. And now, from our WGBB studios in the tri-state area, also downloaded internationally anytime, anywhere, I welcome you to the Jewess Patriot Show. Hello and welcome to the Jewess Patriot Show. I am your host, Cindy Gross, today's premier Jewish woman activist, and I am proud to tell you on this very special Veterans Weekend, I am a proud American, a proud Jew, a proud Zionist, and I want to personally thank each and every person who has served to give me and those around me the rights for our freedoms. Your service in protecting us is something that I am eternally grateful for, and I thank you. I open each show with my pearls of wisdom because my Jewish name is Ziesel Peril, which means sweet pearl. So this is my pearls of wisdom today. Sometimes you got to pass the microphone over. And we have four very special guests. Each one of them has a special connection to me personally, and they will be to you because they've served or they lead. They volunteer in their communities. They understand what it means to honor. Today and this weekend and this month, we talk about all of the military, not just those serving now, but those in the past, their families, those who've lived to tell the stories, and those who've passed away. We will never forget their service. And with that, we'll go to commercial and I'm going to introduce you to four great individuals. We are going to close the show with a treat because many of you asked me about self-defense because not all of us could be in the military fighting. So sit back, stay tuned, and come back to us. I think you'll have a very, very enlightening show. And again, go outside, make a phone call, write a thank you note. But show those who served for our country your gratitude too. Hi, this is Allie here from Ambiance Salon and Hewlett. Let's talk holiday. Now, if you don't know this, we take our holidays very seriously here at the salon. Until the end of the year, it is time to upgrade your hair wardrobe. We are offering 10% off of all hair. Now we're talking K-tip extensions, sew-in, clip-ins, toppers, all of it. We'll also be hosting some amazing events, Botox, Client client Appreciation Day, uh, with loads of giveaway raffles. We'll have some exclusive specials where you buy a gift and receive a gift um, the last week in November. You can check out all of this on our social media. Cindy will be mentioning it on the radio, and I hope to see you at the salon. Welcome back to the show on this very special weekend honoring veterans. And I am really honored to have with us Ed Freeberg. He's a Jewish war veteran from Post 652. He is very active in educating the public on the involvement of Jewish war veterans in wars and 
throughout American history, uh, and he is very much involved in programs throughout Long Island and New York, and we are so happy to have him here. Ed, thank you for joining the Jewess Patriot Show. Cindy, thank you for having me. So let, let me tell you a little bit about the uh, Jewish War Veterans. Uh, the Jewish War Veterans uh, was uh, established 127 years ago in 1896 by 63 uh, Jewish War Veterans who at that time um, were receiving uh, rumors, false rumors at, at that, that Jews had never been, been involved in uh, any branches of the service, in, in the military, had uh, never been involved in any conflicts of any kind. And so the 63 Civil War uh, veterans decided to put together the, uh, the Jewish War veterans. And among other things, um, they wanted to do this to combat anti-Semitism, which unfortunately we are still dealing with in an enormous way today. Uh, and uh, they decided to do this in several different ways. One of them, uh, and ironically, we use this as a model today, was to uh, go around and to speak to uh, different organizations, community organizations, uh, and, and even Jewish organizations uh, uh, to make them aware that uh, Jews were in the military uh, going back uh, to prior to the Civil War, uh, uh, right up, uh, in, in fact, uh, uh, right up until uh, present time. Uh, and... Uh, Basically, we use their model today. Uh, among I'm going to add something because of what's sure. going on today and that there's okay. been so much discussion. In fact, Jews were very involved in the Revolutionary War, whether or not they were soldiers. Many of them helped fund, especially in both sides, because there were Jews in the South and there were Jews in the Union, some of them more famous than others, like I am Solomon, who actually helped fund so when you talk about uh, Jews in the military, and it wasn't just men, uh, religious or non-religious, it was considered Jews overall. So those myths that came, you know, with the Revolutionary War are still going on today. So I'm yes, sorry to it, interrupt you, but I did want to add that in. No, it is absolutely the, the case. We are still absolutely dealing with that, that today. In fact, Jews not, not only helped fund the Revolutionary War, uh, Jews also helped fund the, the Civil War, which is kind of interesting. Um, and uh, even in the Civil War, uh, there, there were uh, uh, Jews on, on both sides, uh, and uh, there was funding on, on both sides. Um, it, it's just uh, amazing, uh, the organization. Now, the Jewish War Veterans, uh, we have local posts here on Long Island, but the Jewish War Veterans is a national organization. As a matter of fact, it was the first uh, organization recognized uh, by the federal government. Uh, and we are the oldest organization. Uh, we're around for 127 years. There's many other organ uh, veterans organizations that have come afterwards uh, that people are more familiar with. But we are around the longest and uh, we uh, do any and, and all kinds of different things. Uh, and I'll talk about a few of the things that, that we've done. Um, uh, well, you had an exhibit last year, more than one exhibit. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, we've had multiple exhibits. They, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. So this what was kind of very interesting, uh, because uh, during World War II, people always remember things like Rosie the Riveter, uh, you know, uh, who basically when uh, the stereotype was men went, went marching off to war, and women stayed and worked in, in, in the factories. Well, it turned out that not only during World War II, not only during World War I, but prior to that, women went marching off to war as well. Uh, and uh, one of the things that the, the exhibit that we did last year was on was Jewish women in, in the military. And the interesting thing that I learned about uh, the, this exhibit, and, and by the way, the exhibit was pictures of uh, Jewish women in the military, and uh, there was a story that went with it. So one of the really interesting things that I learned about uh, uh, Jewish women in the military and women in the military in general was that these women were trendsetters. 
you know, before uh, the expression of the glass ceiling came along, these women broke the glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were women who were code breakers. There, there were women that, uh, even though women at that time were not allowed to actually go into battle, they worked directly with men um, doing any number of things that men did. Uh, there was uh, one woman, as a matter of fact, I, I was just speaking with uh, one woman uh, recently. Uh, she was a jet mechanic, uh, um, and, and she was in from... Um, 1980 to uh, to like 2005, she was in uh, Iraqi Freedom and and uh, Desert Storm. Uh, she was an act, she was not actually over there, but she was actually uh, one of the uh, one of the few women at that time, particularly in the 1980s, that was repairing jet engines. Uh, something uh, that was kind of unheard of at the time. In fact, one one of these stories that she tells me. Uh, about the, the the fact that the military was not prepared for uh, uh, women uh, uh, in in that particular area uh, taking care of jet engines, there were no restrooms at, at that time in in the hangars for the women. So what the, what the women had to do, and, and she was uh, one of uh, four women at that time that that was uh, was doing it on this particular base, they had to go to other areas for restrooms. Uh, the uh, uh, and one of the things that they talked about in the Jewish women uh, in the military was um, going back even to World War II, uh, they didn't have uh, proper uniforms for the for the women. Uh, the, the women uh, basically were given the men's uh, uniforms, which they had to uh, tailor and taper uh, pretty much on their own because the uh, the uh, military said, we're not doing this. You know, you, you want to be here? You, you take care of this. So I'll tell you an interesting World War II story. If you want to talk about Jews in the military, if you look at many of the Holocaust stories, especially some of the survivors were telling, a lot of the women tell stories how they married the American Jewish uh, officers that saved them in the camps and when they met them the first time. So there's a lot of proof of uh, American Jews going to war, and they were actually... Uh, they did face anti-Semitism. They talk a lot about it because we have a lot of film that uh, backs it up with documentation. So that's another side uh, to the uh, Jewish involvement in World War II. Yes, and uh, one of the, uh, uh, the the things that we're doing now, we have another traveling exhibit uh, currently, and that is... Uh, Jewish men and women uh, in the military from the Civil War uh, right through uh, Desert Storm. Uh, and uh, this is another uh, unique uh, traveling exhibit, which we've put up in a number of places. I'll talk about uh, that in a minute. Uh, but this one uh, shows um, chap- what they refer to as Jewish chaplains, obviously what we refer to as rabbis, uh, in the military, and and this uh, goes back uh, showing uh, Jewish chaplains uh, during the uh, the Civil War, uh, during World War One, during World War Two, uh, and uh, during Vietnam. So that was very interesting. Another interesting uh, portion of of uh, this traveling exhibit that, that we have uh, shows um, Medal of Honor winners, uh, Jewish Medal of Honor winners, uh, also. So again, one of many things that we're trying to do is dispel these myths that um, that Jews not only served in the military, but they served in heroic capacities. Uh, and uh, in uh, unfortunately, a number of cases, uh, they sacrificed their, their lives uh, for us uh, uh, that uh, our country should remain strong and, and free. Now that we are in a war situation and Americans are involved in it, what is your um what is what would you tell somebody about going into the military today? It's a very different war than the wars of World War II and even Vietnam. Right, right. Uh so basically um the reason people go in into the military is, is they uh, they feel a strong sense of allegiance to this country, uh, and and they feel that that uh, that this country has served them in, in uh, many ways, 
and they want to give back. And this is one of the ways that, that a lot of people feel that they can give back. Um, and in, in addition, um, the military the, these days offers a number of different things. Uh, one of the things that the military does is uh, that they have various types of training and people have uh, come out of the military and use that training to, to get good jobs. Uh, in addition, um, there is also uh, a GI Bill, which still exists, uh, and uh, and a number of other benefits that uh, that veterans have used over the, the years. Uh, uh, you can get VA loans, for example, uh, that uh, are uh, a little bit less expensive, and and, and also a little bit less expensive, meaning uh, your, the interest is a little bit better, uh, and um, and also. Uh, the government uh, is willing to help out, uh, you know, as far as uh, things of that nature. So that there's any number of reasons uh, that people look at going in, into the military. Um, despite the, some of the things that you see in here, uh, people uh, still feel a very strong allegiance to the country. And, 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 uh, and a lot of people feel very patriotic and, and, and feel a, a need to go in uh, to serve uh, our country and, and and protect us from uh, unfortunately any number of things that that are going on that are not necessarily good. Also, it really brings about a brotherhood that nobody who hasn't been in war or hasn't lived through military life, you have lifelong brothers, not by blood but by experience that nobody else has. That allegiance to one another is really very strong, and I notice it from people in the military. I know. Uh, so it's interesting that you should mention this because there are any number of veterans who over the years uh, have, uh, they had a strong friendship in the military and that strong friendship has considered, has continued outside the military. So that was, uh, uh, and we're not talking about for five years or 10 years. So some of these are, are friends. 50 for years. 40, from World War II years. years. Yes, right. And their exactly. kids consider themselves cousins. I'll tell you a very cute story. You talk about women in the military. My, uh, my college friend. So it's going back multiple decades. Her daughter is in the Navy. So she calls me up. In fact, last week and she said, maybe you have a nice guy for, uh, I don't want to mention the name. And I said, she's surrounded by men. She said, but Cindy, it's not a good Jewish life. She's the homemaker, both of them in the military. It's not so easy. But she said it's easier today than you would think because chaplains and Chabad's and people get kosher food. And there are religious people in the military, which is something that people don't discuss. So people come from all different backgrounds. And also, once they build those friendships, it's not like you're religious, you're not religious. And it's also a lot of minorities are together as brothers with their Jewish friends. And it's a very good example, especially in today's world, to see. Yes, exactly. So it gets back to what we were talking about before, uh, that... um it turns out that even when people come from diff different backgrounds, from different uh, uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, from different financial backgrounds, and, and they go into the military, they, they wind up uh, building a strong bond. And, and this bond, as we spoke about, uh, lasts for decades, uh, in some cases, lifetimes, literally. Uh, and uh, uh, with uh, the uh, technology today, uh, even if people are in different parts of the country or move to uh, other areas or whatever, you can still stay in touch. You can stay in touch uh, through Zoom. You can stay in touch through Facebook, through any number of different ways. Uh, and and uh, the uh, camaraderie, uh, as you said, it, it remains. It, it's important to people and, and it definitely remains. So I we have to wrap this up soon. I just want to say I know that you and... Uh, fellow Jewish war veterans have been going to many exhibits, many events this week. Where can our audience find you? Because just because it's Veterans Day doesn't mean that honoring those who serve for our country should end the other 364 days a year. And, and if anybody wants from their organization to find out more about your exhibit, if they could host it, where can they reach out to you? So, uh, they are more than welcome to give me a call. Uh, I'll give you my phone number. Uh, 
This is, is a radio show. I don't give out the phone number. Okay. You could actually, you could reach out to me through the station uh, okay. and I that, will that, reach that, out to that, Ed. That'll be just fine. I, I, and I have an email that's set up specifically for that uh, as well. Uh, I, I would like to say one, one thing, uh, uh, in, in conclusion, uh, there, there are, uh, as you said, a number of, uh, um, exhibits and a number of, uh, JCCs have asked us to speak. Also, uh, the other thing that, uh, that we are doing at my synagogue and a number of posts are doing throughout the United States, they have something called Veteran Shabbat. Uh, and Veteran Shabbat basically is, in this case, bringing in, um, someone from the Jewish war veterans to speak about uh, their time in, in the military. And we've had a tremendous number of different experiences. And uh, the interesting thing is uh, you have a number of people who either have been in the military, but uh, didn't have this kind of experience or have not been in the military and are hearing this for the first time. Um, I, I would just like to wrap it up uh, simply by saying um, that uh, it's veterans day uh, weekend uh and uh, there are events going on both before and after, and that we should currently remember those in the military uh, stationed around the world protecting us, as well as veterans who have served in various wars and conflicts, and and, uh, just remember to thank them for their service. I can't say it any better. Just say thank you, and I know uh, I'm participating in multiple events, and I just want to thank you for coming on for your service, your enthusiasm. You were so enthusiastic when I called you to come on. And I mean, it's that kind of allegiance to our religion, our state, our world today really sets an example. Our young people really should take just the time to just think a minute how lucky they are because of people like you. So thank Thank you you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you for having me. Many software projects become successful every year, growing businesses, saving time and money, and providing freedom from stress and frustration. However, not all software projects are successful. Why? What makes software successful? Paying attention to the end-user satisfaction. With Joe Base, every software project is a success because every project is built with the end-user in mind. Save time, save money, improve and grow your business. The product is amazing. When I got the finished project, I was so happy with the result. They delivered higher than my expectation. As a project manager at Joe Base, we commit ourselves to ensuring that every single product we have will succeed. Visit us at www.jobase.io. That's www.jobase.io. Or email us at sales at jobase.io. Be the next success story. Hi, my name is Allie Arts. I have been in the beauty industry for over 25 years. I became a salon owner five years ago when I purchased Ambiance Salon in Hewlett. I had a vision to create a warm, welcoming environment where you can have your hair done, meet great people, and leave feeling wonderful about yourself. Unfortunately, as we all know, that is not always the feeling you get when you walk into salons. Often we feel judged, not good enough, and it's just not what it should be. My goal was to take away those ugly bits of the beauty industry. We have a saying hanging on the wall in the salon, surround yourself with beauty and kindness. And we strive to create that environment and ambiance every day. We are a full service salon offering hair, skin, and nail customizable treatments. There is truly something for everyone. We pride on ourselves of having a multi-generational clientele. And the reason behind this is because I've always been a working mom. It has been important to me to be able to utilize my time in a way that I can get all of my services done as well as my family. Welcome back. We have a very special guest with us, Captain Mark Getman, and he is involved in the army he is a rabbi he'll tell you all about his different positions what he does and also his involvement with many jewish organizations jewish veteran organizations american legions and working with veterans today thank you so much for joining us on this special episode uh for veterans weekend 
And I appreciate you coming on to the Jewess Patriot Show. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So uh, I'm going to start off. My name is uh, Mark Getman. I served in the Army National Guard, United States Army National Guard or New York Army National Guard from 2006 to 2014. I actually enlisted when I was uh, 34 years old, so double the age of the average recruit. Uh, but I got through basic training, uh, 10 weeks of tough basic training in Fort Sill. And then I went for 16 weeks to Fort Gordon to train as a communications specialist, a signal support specialist. Uh, while I was there, I, I saw the Jewish chaplains and actually not all bases have Jewish chaplains. And, uh, while I was there, I saw the Jewish faith leader. And got to know him, and I would attend services off base and got permission to go and travel on Saturday uh, to go Shabbos, to go off base to, to services. And uh, they said, okay, you, you could travel off base, but would you agree to be a duty driver uh, when you come back from services? And, you know, sometimes you have to give give up some to get some. So I, I, I said, okay, you know, you're allowing me to go for my Shabbos, to go for as long as I need to go. And okay, I'll be a, a driver. And, and what that involved was I would be on call if another soldier in training had to go to the doctor or a hospital. So I would say it's a Paku and Nefesh almost. So, you know, you're there to make sure, you know, take care of the soldiers. And, and while I was there in, um, Fort Gordon, I was asked, what do you want to do at 35 years old? You know, what do you want to do in the army? And, and my plan was eventually to become an uh, officer. Uh, but I was too old to go ROTC, and I was too old to go uh, the the traditional routes. They said, "Why didn't you become a, a chaplain?" As a chaplain, I was like, "I'm not a rabbi. I got you know, I never thought about it." And they said, "Look into it." So while I was there in Fort Gordon, uh, I started looking into the different rabbinical programs and different rabbinical schools. And on the weekends, when we had free time, while my friends on you know Sunday they would go shopping or go wherever, I was sitting in a uh, uh, by a computer and typing out applications to, to get into a rabbinical school. Uh, while I was there and I was sending out applications while I was away, I um, sent out an application and I got a call. They said, Hey, we want to interview you for the rabbinical school. And uh, I said, okay, great. But you got to wait for another three weeks. They said, why were you not in New York? I said, no, I was down in Fort, uh, Augusta, Georgia. And I had explained the whole thing. They said, okay. So after coming back, uh, being away for almost uh, five, seven, eight months or so, nine months, I lost track already. You know, um, the the next, the following day, I had my interview at uh at a at my rabbinical school, and uh, I was accepted. I was surprised, and you know, I just thought you had to be a chaplain to become a rabbi, and that well, this was one way to get in. I got accepted, and then six months after finishing my training, I was commissioned. And, uh, as a Jewish chaplain candidate and still going through my rabbinical school. And, um, I served in the army national guard as a chaplain candidate, a chaplain in training, I guess, also as a rabbinical student learning. And, but I was getting all the on hand experience being a Jewish chaplain or chaplain for, for anybody. Um, what I had experienced there was, um, the military people are us in the cell people who serve are less than 1% of the population that serve. And if you look at it even smaller, being Jewish, you're like a fifth of that 1%. So we're like a small, small, small minority of the, the small, small minority of those who serve. And, but I was made the chaplain of a unit and uh, people said, well, chaplain, I'm not Jewish. And I said, okay, that's, I'm here for any faith. And, uh, it was funny because they, they people, you know, it didn't. Some some of these, this is the first time interacting with somebody who was a Jewish or rabbi or I've had soldiers and said, Rabbi, can I call you Rabbi? I said, Well, I'm rabbinical. Okay, call me Rabbi, whatever you want. Chaplain. And they said, Last time I went to services, I was 13 years old and I'm not so observant. And I said, Doesn't matter. I'm here, you know. And, and, and they, it reconnected them with, you know, somebody Jewish. And it's not, common that they see an officer, a Jewish officer who is a chaplain. And, uh, I, I helped, uh, help the, I helped some of the service members reconnect. Um, and, and it was, it was, it was a good experience. Um, I, I just want to 
let everybody know I um, also, so I became a rabbi eventually, a full, fully ordained in 20, 2012, 2012. And uh, my congregation at the time, uh, I considered my congregants were my soldiers. Uh, in 2014, I left the National Guard. And in 2017, I became the part-time rabbi of Temple Emmanuel, Temple Emmanuel of Canarsie in Brooklyn. So since then, I'm there. And um, also since 2014, I left the National Guard, but I'm in the State Guard, State Defense Force. Um, that's what I do. And full-time, I still work for the Army. Yes, uh, I am a civilian employee of the Army. I am the public affairs specialist at Fort Hamilton Army Garrison Base in Brooklyn, uh, known as the Face of America's Army in New York City. Sorry, I had to get that in. <laughs> Why not? Be very proud of it. You know what? It's amazing how you tell your story. And what I really liked about it the most, because this is also a Jewish and non-Jewish audience, it relates to people of all faiths. Somehow you go into the Army and you face situations that you don't expect and you turn to faith as as strength and that's very important one of the reasons we're we're in a crazy world we're in today is because people forgot their faith yeah it's 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 interesting because a lot of the service members i didn't have a large contingent of jewish service members so when you're chaplain you're there for all faiths and i had somebody say hey rabbi or chaplain and i said call me whatever to somebody would call me padre i was like okay i'll accept it uh it, it, it just shows you know i i didn't I wanted them to feel comfortable. And some somebody said, I'm agnostic. At first, I didn't know what that meant. And I had to look it up. And I came back. And I, I said, listen, I, it doesn't matter how you believe or what you believe. I'm here for you. And so the next question was, Rabbi, which, and they started calling me Rabbi or some call me chaplain. And they said, which, uh, which, which uh, bus are you going on? Uh, we had to go away for two weeks. I said, I'm going on the first bus. I'm going with you. Wherever the rabbi or chaplain goes, I'm going with you. So it shows that they felt a connection, no matter what faith you're part of. They wanted to be the, with the chaplain, and they because they felt okay. If I go with the chaplain, I'm safe. Uh, we would do land nav land navigation exercise, and they said, "Chaplain, what 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 uh, Humvee are you going in?" I said, "Yeah, the the one in the back without you know the the old one without the armored uh, armored." It was an armored uh, armored one at the time. and uh, But this was here in New York, so, we, you know, we weren't going anywhere. Uh, and they said, all right, we're, we're going to ride with you. So they rode with me. We got through the course. And it turns out at the end of the course, the other people ended up getting lost, detoured. And they said, see, we stayed with the rabbi and we got we, we got we got home safe and sound. And I, I tell this joke. I said, what does LT stand for? Uh, LT. Short for lieutenant. I said, what rank do you think Moses was in the desert? They said, well, we don't know. I said, here's a lieutenant. Lieutenants always, it's a joke in the army. Lieutenants get lost. So that's why we as Jews wandered for 40 years. Because you had very Moses cute. a lieutenant. Very, <laughs> very, very, very cute. Now, uh, I know we met Memorial Weekend. You're going to be involved in a lot of Veterans Day affairs. What... What do you want the audience to come away with in your thoughts of being basically a spokesperson for today's army and your work at Fort Hamilton? What do you want people to think about today's military? Because there is such mixed uh, news reports about what's going on and such different feelings. And I always feel like there's not enough respect. Right. So we, we actually started this week, uh, with veterans uh day veterans veterans day is a day uh this is my opinion and this is many other veterans say it shouldn't just be a day that we take out of the year to remember those who served or those who veterans days are is for those who are still serving or serve it's it, you know it's still around memorial day for those who have passed so a lot of people you know say um so they so they understand veterans day you thank those who are you know, just recently got out of the service. It could be a World War II veteran. It could be Korea, Vietnam, even recent Gulf War. And it's it's the day we we use to thank them for their service and also the families to to put up with what we have to go through. And I think veterans should be recognized all year round. You know, not should just be a day. Uh, you know, it should be veterans. 
And, and, and they've actually made it veterans. The month of November is the month of the military child and family. So we have Veterans Day. And then there's the month to recognize the families and the children who who are part of the military family and, you know, what they go through um, alongside their veterans. So I, I think Veterans Day needs to be uh, more than a day. Uh, thank a veteran every day. If you see somebody wearing a hat that says, I serve, um you know, thank them. This is a great way to end it. Captain Mark Getman, thank you for your service. Hi, this is Allie Arts. I own Ambiance Salon in Hewlett. Self-care doesn't end with a cancer diagnosis. Once a month, Ambiance Salon opens its doors and offers absolutely free salon, spa, and wellness services to anyone currently in treatment. Our program creates a safe environment for our guests to feel comfortable, give space for them to relax, and leave them feeling a little lighter. It is by far my favorite day in the salon. Guests receive haircuts, color, scalp treatments, massage, facials, nail treatments, Reiki, and makeup. We also are able to offer complimentary wigs for because of a generous donation from Rocket and Wrap It Up. If you or someone you know is in treatment and would like to participate, all that is needed is a signed waiver from your doctor. It can be found at mondaysatracine.org. We are currently the only salon in Nassau County to provide this service. Welcome back. Whenever it's a special holiday weekend, you know who joins us. Uh, Sin Mandelbaum, who I, you can't even say one organization tied to him because he's involved with so many things and he is leading a very special, uh, veterans weekend, uh, ceremony and breakfast. And of course, he's always with rock and wrap it up. And, uh, we're just always honored to have him here because I, first of all, where he gets his energy from, we can't figure it out. And uh, second of all, we want to hear what is going on, what we should be concerned about. And, of course, as veterans, um, we're celebrating and honoring the people who are in the military. Uh, tell us a little bit about what is going on and how people should be feeling these days while there is a war going on and, you know, safety in their own community. So thank you so much for joining us on this special show. Thank you so much, Cindy. It is a difficult time. Uh, I know myself as a child of Holocaust survivors, I would not be here had there not been a D-Day and an invasion of Europe that saved my parents' life. They were liberated uh, May 8, 1945 uh, by the Russian army, but the American and British and French also liberated quite a number of camps. Veterans Day is special because unlike Memorial Day, where we're thinking about the dead, on Veterans Day, we're thinking about the living. We're thinking about men and women that went above and beyond. Uh, there are only 3 million people in the military out of 300 million Americans, only 1%. Uh, and it is our job, uh, both veterans and active duty people, to make sure that we will always be protected by all of the powers that seek to destroy the United States of America. Well, um, you know, you talk about the Holocaust, you talk about World War II, and I know you are very involved with people that served in the Korean War and in the Vietnam War. What do you see today as far as patriotism? Because one thing I know about you, your group, and the people you work with, patriotism, being a proud American, is key. doesn't matter where you're from, how old you are. Uh, what you do for a living, your family, etc. Your patriotism is what counts. And I, I hear in you when we've discussed how patriotism has changed. And what would you advise? You talk about internships. You talk about uh, young people. What is your, uh, what are your words that you really want to get out there for the young people? And that not to just have words, but to have action. Well, this is an interesting time. Uh, I am one of the few Jewish uh, veterans. Uh, Jewish people have not 
uh, in large numbers enlisted in the United States of America's military. But right now, because of the anti-Semitism that is proliferating throughout our country, you have Jewish people for the first time as one saying, I'm Jewish, I love America, I want to be in America, and I need your help as Goyim, as Gentiles, to live a safe life in this country. And I believe that as we go forward, and you have to ignore right now what's going on on college campuses. We have no control over that. But we do have control over quite a number of people that side with Israel. In this country, 86% of the United States of America population sides with Israel. But that means that 14% side with Hamas. In this country, that's 50 million Americans that side with Hamas right now. And uh, I believe that uh, as we go forward, and as the country sees that the only ally they have in the world is Israel. And that by itself is making more Americans realize that they themselves as Christians have as much to lose if the Muslim world sadly gets what they want is to have a a world free of Jews and Christians and they you just said it. It's Christian. It's Judeo-Christian values. Jews are just the first step because we are a smaller group and because we assimilate more than any other minority and we look to please every other minority more than taking care of ourselves. What October 7th has actually done is unify Jews around the world, whether they're religious or not, wherever they come from. They are all targets. They realize it. I mean, it's amazing to watch black Jews talk about uh, getting attacked. And here they are. They they are exactly uh, what was established really in the Bible, in the biblical days. There were no white people in 2000 years ago. There were Jewish people. We were considered an ethnic group, not just a religious group. And people that uh, don't realize that, it's only in the last thousand years that uh, through intermarriage, basically, uh, we have become white. And I'm putting that in quotes. But we know we're not. We know that there are Middle Eastern Jews that have come to uh, Israel since 1948, from Morocco, from Libya, from Syria, from Iran, they've settled in Israel, and all of them uh, together make up our country. Correct. The United States is in a uh, strange place because you have a very liberal wing of the uh, Jewish culture that very much uh sw- sided not just with Palestinians, but they sided with the left. And they have had a rude awakening that people do not want to have anything to do. Even liberal women are surprised that the women's movement has not just uh, screamed about the rapes that have taken place. Where is the uh, where is that movement, the Me Too movement with regard to Jewish women? It has been silent, sadly. Well, we're coming up to holiday season and your organization does so much to help feed people and to uh, help people who are less fortunate try to have a great holiday. What are some of the things upcoming that you can share with our audience? Well, first, uh, on uh, November 23rd, we are going to be serving uh, the entire at-risk community uh, at the Five Town Community Center. Uh, we need about 200 volunteers in four shifts, uh, 40 to 50 per shift. And uh, we have food donated to us uh, from a number of men that make sure that there are kosher meals that are available. We don't check why people are there. If they believe they need a meal, we will feed them. 
Uh, we also have relationships with three of the elementary schools in Hewlett Woodmere schools that are doing canned food drives. So we could also offer pantry bags to all those that come in for a meal. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't thank uh, Michelle and Edward Shornstein that every year donate uh, 50 turkeys and hams uh, to the program. And we have a half dozen uh, places, uh, Friendlier Pizzeria, the Lawrence Club. Uh, we have Frank's Steakhouse. And they all cook for us, Dickies. Uh, they, they cook those turkeys for us. And then we have a whole crew on the 23rd that strips all the meat and prepares over 800 meals in the one day to give out. That's really, really incredible. Well, count me in for a volunteer right now. You have it on air. And um, and you also do other things. You manage to get people to help people get, get dresses and, and people that have uh, health issues with hairstyles and all that. So you really are out there in force. Where can our audience find you and get involved and learn more? They could visit our uh, rock and rock, rock and wrap it up dot org website. They could call one eight seven seven six nine one food. We're always looking for financial donations to help us in our work. Uh, we are not a uh, a well funded agency, but we get by. Uh, we are looking for people that they themselves have ideas. We're a think tank, so the more brains we have put together the more together we could fight poverty and try to end hunger. Well, uh, I will tell you, a lot of the volunteers people are veterans who serve for you so that you can enjoy all these great things. Sin Mandelbaum, thank you again. Another holiday we spent together, and we look forward to bringing you back with all these updates of all the uh, programs you have through Rock and Wrap It Up. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you. We're, we're blessed to have your support. Thank you. Many software projects become successful every year, growing businesses, saving time and money, and providing freedom from stress and frustration. However, not all software projects are successful. Why? What makes software successful? Paying attention to the end user satisfaction. With Joe Base, every software project is a success because every project is built with the end user in mind. Save time, save money, improve and grow your business. The product is amazing. When I got the finished project, I was so happy with the result. They delivered higher than my expectation. As a project manager at Joe Base, we commit ourselves to ensuring that every single product we have will succeed. Visit us at www.jobase.io. That's www.jobase.io. Or email us at sales at jobase.io. Be the next success story. Welcome back. If we're talking about veterans and we're talking about war, we have to be honest. We are in a war. I don't mean Israel. I mean Americans, Europeans, anybody that's fighting for freedom and democracy. We are at war for Western civilization. And we really have to think about how we are going to protect ourselves. Joining us now is one of those unsung heroes who endlessly volunteers and organizes and speaks up, but never, ever gets the recognition. That is the definition of a true warrior, a true person to honor. And Karen Lickborn is here to discuss Yad Yamin and about Jewish self-defense and about speaking up and about taking action. Karen, I can't thank you enough for joining us on this Veterans Weekend special because I know you for years. I know the work you do. And you never get the thanks or the attention you deserve for the hours, days, months, and years of time and effort you put in to fight the cause for Jews, for Americans, for democracy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Cindy. It's an honor and pleasure to be here. And um, the school that I come from, we can't be silent. We must not be silent. That's why I do what I do. 
and you are very, very uh, involved in getting awareness to Jews in particular about standing up for themselves in self-defense. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, the the method that I use is I organize um, under the banner of Yad Yim in New York, and we lead by example. We organize, you know, rallies, counter protests. We join other organizations and we talk to people, and we and we let them know we must be seen and heard. If we're not seen and heard, there's a one way optic which is what the Islamic groups generally project, and they're all by themselves standing on the streets. I also have to be honest with you, uh, Karen. We see, and we've discussed this, we know there is a group that no matter how much we try to get them involved, they don't. And we question a lot of people who should be doing more There are people that are getting a lot of attention that aren't doing enough. And then there's people like you. How do you tell, how do you get people to really fight the fight and actually make a difference? I lead by example. I just don't stay on, stay on social media. I use social media as a stepping stone and then I show up. So I don't just talk the talk. I walk the walk. And it's on them if they don't show up. If it's on them if they don't speak out. What are your um, ideas about self-defense right now? Because we are also at a time when before the October 7th, we had a interior war in America of really uh, abandoning support for law enforcement and crazy bail reform laws. So we're dealing with that here. How do you tell people to protect themselves because they feel that they cannot call upon law enforcement and get quick, effective service and support in emergency situations some of the time? I highly promote on all social media platforms to take self-defense seminars, carry legally what you know how to use. You know, we, it, it's no mitzvah in being a victim. And if one person comes for you or two, then Jews must know how to do. The optic that we see all the time is the Jew laying on the floor bloody. That must change. We're a strong people. There's no reason for this. And women should get involved also. And people who are young should get involved. Without question. Without question, women. I mean, look, you know, we serve in the IDF. Why aren't we fighting back here? And that's for younger people. No, I wish that our rabbis and Jewish organizations would get on board. And rather than telling our young people to stand down, tell them to stand up. What is your opinion when you hear rabbis or Jewish organizations or you see now articles, Jews shouldn't wear yarmulkes in public. They shouldn't display their Jewish stars. What do you tell people at Yad Yamin? Yeah, I'm in New York. I said, stand up and be proud. You know, I, I wear two mug and dovids, you know, at some, you know, and I tell the men, you know, display your, you know, your keeper, you know, proudly, you know, it's who we are. Uh, don't listen. You know, this isn't, you know, we're not in World War II. This is New York, you know, 2023. What are we doing here by hiding? Now you have chapters across the country and in Canada, correct? Uh, across the United States. Okay. And how can people reach out to you or the group to find out more information? How could they help you? Also, how could they find out more about like self-defense classes that you just mentioned and uh, leaders that you support to help people uh, defend themselves? They, they can contact me through Facebook, Yad Yamin New York. Uh, they can contact me on Twitter, also Yad Yamin New York. And I will respond. You know, I respond within 24 to 48 hours. I have a list of places where they can take self-defense seminars. If they want private um, seminars at their schools, I can arrange that. We have people on board who are qualified. Karen Lickborn, I'm so honored to call you a friend, uh, a warrior, somebody who has worked with me hours tirelessly for many, many, many years. And I thank you for joining us on this Veterans Day because I hope one day we only celebrate Veterans Day as honoring those in past wars and that we shall learn that we need peace 
and no more war. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Cindy. Hi there. My name is Sid Mandelbaum, and I'm the founder of Rock and Wrap It Up. We're an anti-poverty think tank that over the years have fed over 1 billion people and have also written laws so that uh, federal governments and states can uh, acquire food from uh, federal and state agencies. We would need your help for a couple of things. First, uh, we have a very robust program in schools and we teach students how to save food and then give it to people that are at risk in their communities. We also need uh, interns to help us with our advocacy work. And if you're interested in doing any kind of reaching out to governments, we could help you uh, with laws that we've written to get them passed. Thank you so much. You could reach us at one eight seven seven six nine one food or just call uh, 516-295-0670. Thank you so much. Wow, what great interviews. Welcome back. And I can't believe the hour is flying by. Before we close, I want to share with you some more pearls of wisdom. This week, we saw the end of the 2023 election cycle, which means it is the beginning of the 2024 election cycle. A lot of you didn't take an interest and are still not interested, but I am telling you, your disinterest comes from disgust, a lack of trust in your officials that you elect, you pay for their salaries, their retirement packages, their benefits, and their prestige. It's time You stop sitting back. Sharing a Facebook group is nice, but it doesn't send a message of effective words. Joining a rally is important, but it's not important enough to make the changes we need. I am telling you, you must get involved right now today. I am telling you, take an hour. Go meet each person running. And there are going to be many primaries across the country that are going to be announced now that this season is over. I want you to watch carefully, not the news, but the legal actions and the legislation, because those people who are writing and co-sponsoring and voting for whether or not it's your local infrastructure or getting in getting you into World War Three, that is what's going to make the change. Not anything else. Not photoshopping a picture for Instagram. Not going to a lunch and talking with your friends the same discussion every week. I always tell people, stop talking to me. I'm part of the choir. Go talk to people that don't think like you. Not to have a fight. Certainly not to kill one another like a man did in Los Angeles last week as he threw a megaphone to someone's brain and he died during a peaceful rally. But have a discussion. We used to be very good at that. That's how we became a superpower. We weren't obsessed with our phones. We weren't obsessed with our hashtags. We weren't obsessed with reality TV, which is scripted. We were obsessed with family values good education, good jobs, quality time for ourselves, and pride in our country and our world and what we've achieved, what our ancestors never dreamed we'd become. This month, we honor grandparents and elderly. Think about that and honor them the best way you can by being educated and active in your future, the future they want for you. And the first thing to do is to start learning who your candidates are, what their issues are, what they voted on, where they've been previously, and if you want them to be your voice in the present and the future. We say every election is the most important election. I'm telling you, 2024, 
is the most important election. And if you don't think so, listen to this a month or two from now as tensions escalate not only in the Middle East, but that others see America as weak and will take advantage of our standing right now. See you next week.